Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Diggers Cup Day. BJ Ryan, Terry Layton, we are recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast. It's uh, 20 to 11 on Thursday, the 22nd of April. It's an Anzac Day, long weekend. Narragin kicks things off this afternoon. Diggers Cup Day as well as Yelgu Cup Day on Saturday. Yelgu, I, don't, I haven't been there. Have you been to Yelgu, Terry? No, I've never been to, to Yelgu. Definitely on the uh, the bucket list. Mm. Um, that's a lie, actually. It's not on the bucket list. But uh, no, I'd, I'd love to. I've never done a... Uh, have you ever done a deep sort of non-tab country cup before, BJ? No, I no, no. I'd love to. No, actually, I think I might have done a Leonora Cup once. But um, but no, the, some of these cups that come up, you uh, a road trip to check them out uh, once would be good, I reckon. So uh, yeah, I think there's some there's some queries on the on-course bookmaking, though. A mate of mine uh, used to teach up in Mount Magnet and gave me a buzz from the track or sent me a photo. It was a while ago now. And um, the book, it was a five or five horse race, I think. And the book had a... A horse at a dollar eighty and two others at around two seventy. So if, if you do if you do the maths, you weren't uh, you really really needed to be astute to uh, to make money in that type of book. I think it was worse than the markets that Brad goes up on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. So it sounds like the bookies had a bit in their favour. Uh, that old yeah. Mount Magnet. I think a bit of that goes on to Yelgu as well. But uh, good mm. luck to the community and everyone getting and the club that gets behind. Uh, Venues such as Yalgu and towns such as Yalgu for their uh, once a year race days, and uh, I'm sure it will go off uh, in terrific fashion. That's sad day. Pinjarra Scarpside. Scarpside is going to be making its debut uh, as well as Kalgoorlie on Sunday. Of course, uh, Pinjarra Scarpside was scheduled to run a couple of weekends ago, Terry, but that was switched back to the, the old Pinjarra, the original Pinjarra, because of the weather. But Scarpside is up and running this Sunday, and uh, Albany on uh, the Anzac Day public holiday Monday with the $100,000 road to Jericho WA qualifier. And the Guru, I think you might even have a runner at Albany on Monday. Uh, yeah, we've got some material witness going around again. We've probably run into the, the best class one of all time uh, last Wednesday and we just couldn't run down time scale um, in the last uh, couple of strides. But uh, look, if, if he travels well and he's a happy horse, I presume we start around $1.70 and, and hopefully should be winning and hopefully we're not far from uh, having a crack at something a bit more substantial on a Saturday perhaps. Who's the pilot? W. Pike. Oh, Mr. Mr. Pike is going down there to ride final chill. So he thought while he's there, or maybe he's going down to ride material oh, witness. Surely, he thought, well, surely. While he's there, he might ride final chill. So, um, yeah, look, he's, he's maturing, does a lot wrong, but uh, he's got a big, big engine. So um, be disappointed if he lost on Monday. Very good. Uh, and stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions, BJ. Also, we uh, we had the WA Black Arts launch party for the Horse Racing League. That was at Ascot last Saturday. Lovely day on course, size produce stakes day. And uh, the TRO actually announced that they had purchased a tried horse currently located in Queensland. Uh, so this tried horse is set to race under the WA Black Arts banner, a four-year-old named Inchian Express. Now, this horse has had three starts for one big win on the Ballarat Synthetic track. This was uh, back in June last year. Well-travelled, actually. It's uh, It's gone from Victoria to Queensland. Now it's on its way to Western Australia. But the, um, the TRL team has secured Inchian Express, obviously passed, uh, ticked all the boxes as far as a form and uh, veterinary um, clearance process goes. And this is going to be the first horse to race for the TRL in Australia and uh, will be representing the, the WA Black Arts franchise. So um, also there was uh, all the 
all the trainers except for Adam Durant, I believe, were, were a part of the function and, um, and spoke really well uh, alongside the host, Brittany Taylor. We had Simon A. Miller, the Pierce brothers, Hayden Ballantyne, Todd Harvey, Jimmy Taylor. They were all there um, talking to the, the Black Arts faithful. So it was, um, it was, a, it was a good day and um, the, the host picked the, uh, picked the brains of, of the trainers and uh, it was good stuff. It was actually funny. One of the questions to the Pierce brothers, Terry, and you'd like this, um, was how come you don't use William Pike more? And um, the, 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 uh, Dan and Pierce had a bit of a laugh and sort of mentioned how hard it was to um, uh, to get hold of to, to book the the wizard, of course, and just to show how how hard it is to book the wizard. Just in that moment when that question was asked, I think William Pike won, uh, wrote a winner at Caulfield. So that uh, that was that was quite funny because the the interview stopped while everyone roared home Pikey in uh, at Caulfield. So that was a bit that was a bit of humour, but um, no, it was a good occasion, and the the Black Arts are starting to gather a bit of momentum with this uh, this tried horse Inchian Express on its way across to Western Australia and a trainer to be determined. Terry? Yeah, fairly uh fairly um big maiden victory. I saw the uh the footage of that and the announcement, all very exciting. And uh yeah, a little bit disappointed. I was away last weekend and couldn't come to that launch party. It was something I was quite looking forward to, but um no, looking uh, it's exciting what is to come uh, with the black heart. So uh yeah, looking forward to uh to seeing it all evolve and uh and seeing how Inchian Express goes over here is it racing it's racing over here obviously yes it's with one of our trainers yeah so, yeah. yeah so yeah. the, the yeah. trainers have to make their pitch i believe and then the members vote on who they think should uh should train inchy and express and i think the trl guys are uh currently close to securing a second tried horse for the black arts to get kick-started over here in the west so yeah, yeah we're just negotiating we're just negotiating the sale of the slug at the moment with them so <laughs> we're, we're holding out for six hundred thousand, and they're only offering 400 well so very uh, progressive stay out so mm. yeah i can i can see why there's a bit of back and forth going on so um uh yeah good luck with that negotiation there terry for mm. the slug no, thanks the thanks. um but yeah so the, the the black arts as i said starting to gather a little bit of momentum so we'll watch this space and um and if you want any more information on the black arts go to blackarts.net or trl.net it's all there for you to to discover so okay terry let's get cracking on diggers cup day ascot Saturday, April 24, we have nine race program. Chris Nation and his team have moved the rail back to the true position. Uh, originally, they forecast a maximum of 31, but I see they've reviewed that. It's back down to 29 with light winds. Uh, interesting. I thought the track uh, had the, definitely had the edge off it last Saturday, and Vince Accardi's times are the, the stuff that uh, I subscribe to suggest, uh, confirm that and um, – so even some of the jockeys said in their post-race comments that the there was a, a portion of the track which was a bit cut up and wasn't wasn't quite um, as pristine as Ascot can be. But uh, it has been a long season and uh, mm. we're getting close to the end of it. And the rail was uh, was out, I think seven meters. Is that right? Last Saturday. Was it yeah. seven? Seven? Yeah. So back to the true. Fresh pad, uh, all, um, obviously, um, with the, the true is always a good position for leaders and on-speed horses, but hopefully we get a fair surface. But, um, but yeah, I think that rain that we had leading up to last Saturday's meeting definitely took the, uh, took the edge off the track and the, um, and the benchmark time certainly, certainly confirmed that. But uh, I imagine that it's going to be a fast deck at Ascot this Saturday. So uh, let's get started, Terry. Race one, eh? 
Yes, race one. Jeez, the blue stone maiden, BJ. Blue stone maiden. Just what we needed to do is pat out a Ascot card with uh, with a maiden that looks like this. Um, 11.48am over the 1,500 metres. Uh, not a huge amount to really say here. Uh, your favourite's $2.20. It's first up for 485 days at 1,500 metres when the trial was six weeks ago. I reckon in a nutshell, that sums it up. This yeah. race. What do you reckon? Like, I mean, yeah, I've, I've got in my notes, I mean, this is, I said to you before we jumped on, there's a couple of horses today. You can't price. You can, you can do whatever you like. You can say whatever you like, but unless you're probably steel Casey and, and um, working this horse yourself and, and whatnot, you, you can't price a horse. It's hard enough to price a horse. that hasn't trialed in six weeks. It's obviously had a setback. It's obviously not super sound being so far between runs. Um, but um, it, it's just an impossibility to know where Cross Swords is out. So yeah. you simply cannot take $2.20 um, about it for, for us. I mean, you've got to think why, because this trial was really good six, seven weeks ago. And that form has been franked by the horse we were just talking about, Material Witness. Um, but why is it, why is it up to the 1500 meters? Is, is it really dour in its work now? Is he, does it, does he think it needs further? I mean, bringing your horse back after such a, a long period off, you would have thought you'd, you'd stick to a shorter course. Um, at least initially, uh, I would have thought, especially from a fitness point of view, not trialing for six weeks, but anyway, uh, Mitchell Pateman rode in both trials. Bradwell Willis on now has Mitchell Pateman opted to stick with platinum label BJ, perhaps that's, that's a thought process you could definitely have here. Um, but it's, it's a very poor maiden to start the day. Um, I'll have a starber on top. I thought a starber, um, has gone Chris Willis, the yard in general is flying. Yeah, um, good. Look at what he did. Look at what he did with, uh, well, Kerman Rock, obviously, but look what he did with Tried Horse by the number of Proceeds of Crime, which Peter Fernie couldn't get to win. Um, not only did he win his maiden, but he came out one again. Um, Might even win again on lead. Saturday. Yeah, it's not, not an impossibility on Saturday. Um, but Estava's another. Took from Jero, had a little bit of ability and showed a bit in Jero. Uh, and the three runs, it's improved every time. That run behind Image Keeper and Venetian Jewel looks very strong now. The run behind Scorpion Storms was huge when he actually got out to the worst part of the track in the straight. Uh, yeah, the, hard yeah, on that rail. the winner, winner got the cutaway, yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Winner, winner, winner got the, the winning run that day. You needed that run in the first five to win races. Um, no horses came wide and really gave much at all. Um, and that was further shown by horses like Classic Magnus coming out the next start running super when they simply couldn't get going down the middle of that track. So um, Blinkers on, form yard, I think a star lands near them and um, and can run a race from probably leaders back. Yeah, I I almost this is an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, this is an embarrassment. This bluestone maiden uh, to kick off Diggers Cup Day, the program Sheila Gwynn Stakes as well with this. You know, this is just unacceptable, really. So I can't I I can't see how this race adds anything to the program or, or or benefits the um what we're trying to achieve here in, in WA racing. Like this is this is provincial stuff. So um at best. At best. So we just I don't know. I'll have to have a look at the program moving forward just to see if there's any more of these maidens. But sure, surely they this people are people are voting with their feet. They're they're not they're not supporting their these uh, these races with their with their quality maidens, and because they're four year old pluses as well, it's um you know a lot, a lot of maidens are, are full of three year olds with um you know talented looking to win that get their get that uh, first win on the board and and then move through the grades from there. But uh, I don't know the um 
these uh, – yeah, I, I just can't see – they just don't have a place on Saturday Metropolitan Racing for mine and, and I'd like to see a bit more thought put into the programming moving forward because these are just, as I said, just yeah, embarrassing for us to serve this up on Sky Channel when there's uh, feature racing um, in every other state of Australia and we've got this this maiden going on, so it's, it's really disappointing. From a winner's point of view, I think it's either going to be Platinum Label or a Star Bar. I'm happy to take on Cross Swords for all the reasons that Terry uh, outlined in his spiel. It'll be, the winner will either be a Star Bar or Platinum Label, and I went narrowly with Platinum Label on top. I marked him uh, favourite for what it's worth, and I think I was about 320. I think he's 360 at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think the blinkers on certainly bring um, uh, had the potential to extract another length or two out of a star bar from gate one. So, I, yeah, either one of those two will uh, be going on top for me. But uh, uh, gun to head, I'll go with Platinum Label, Mitchie Pateman on board was wide throughout behind another Willis-trained winner, actually, Hinchinmose at Pinjarra on a sort of rain-affected track. I thought there was plenty of merit in the way that he uh, hit the line after covering plenty of additional ground in transit. Uh, his lead-up trial form prior to that after an absence was uh, was really good as well. So Platinum Label gets the nod narrowly just ahead of a starper. Very good. If you look for some value in the first, uh, boy, oh boy, wowee. Uh, I thought the trial was very similar to Platinum Label. And then I thought uh, the debut, I thought Platinum Label was slightly better. Um, but I thought boy, oh boy, wowee probably towed Platinum Label into yeah, it a did, little bit on the, the bend. The, yeah. Just the more thing for me is one's $3.80, one's 18 to one. Um, so I think if you're looking for an each way play in the first, I think boy, oh boy, wowee for me is more a $10 chance. But uh, not overly excited here, BJ. <laughs> Yeah, it's very um, – yeah, I'm with you there, mate. Share, share your sentiments there in mm. regards to the Bluestone Maiden, but uh, hopefully things can start gathering a bit more momentum moving through Diggers Cup Day, race two. Bluestone can get their money back? <laughs> surely, surely. This there, Sorry, Bluestone. It's it's nothing nothing personal. It's uh, – it's, uh, but, yes, no, you, I think that should be, be called. It should be called the shit show, Maiden. <laughs> Does that, that, that sound the, a bit better? The or? dog shit, maiden. Yeah. The dog shit, maiden. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the grow up, maiden. Grow up, anyway, yeah. yeah. Tell you what, it doesn't get a huge amount better in race two, BJ, um, but at least uh, at least uh, we have a little bit more to discuss. In the Tab Touch Wet West Speed Platinum Handicap over the 1,800 metres, uh, it spoke about cross swords very uh, briefly in the first as a horse. It's near impossible to play. So, um, like we're both looking to better around cross swords, for example, but there's, there's every chance with steel case. And if there's big money, it could potentially brain them. You just, yep. you just, you just don't know off that type of break. Like you've just got to take those on more often than not, if they're two bucks 20, but another one here is Blackwater Bay. Now BJ, I think we both would probably agree. This is, I reckon this is the best horse in the race by three or four lengths, like yep. by, by, by panels, but Pike is going to have to snag back to last, I reckon, from Barrier 7. Um, so he'll probably be dead last early in the day at Ascot, which is never the place you want to be. Um, the trial was on the 8th of March. So that's six weeks ago now, seven weeks ago now. And uh, he races fresh at 1,800 metres. Incredible, now, we incredible have some, stuff from Adam Durant, really, isn't it? It is. I mean, <laughs> we've seen we've seen treat, treat yourself and come right back for that same yard, yeah. do similar things. But they both had a 1,450-metre trial a week before yeah. that first up run where they went well. Um, which is a really good, uh, a really good base for it. So, 
Look, I went into this thing and right, let's get Blackwater Bay beaten. Um, but I've ended up making marking Blackwater Bay three dollars thirty, which is pretty close to the to the current price. Um, when, when you're talking Fry's Fantasia, the obvious second pick, you can understand why you've got to you've got to go back to Blackwater Bay to some degree. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, what's what's the shortest you could possibly get Fry's Fantasia? Uh, I, mean, like, I, I, then, I got that, a five bucks, five bucks, and, and, and I felt, I, and I hated myself I, for marking Fry's well, Fantasia so. five bucks on a Saturday. So how do you how do you fill a how do you fill a market when you got Fry's uh, Fantasia? second favourite five dollars so deary deary me I mean you, you see yeah you see a horse like try storm is third favourite in the book at the moment I've got try storm equal um equal long shot alongside Joe Vella so, proceeds so of how, prime but question how many mm, races in a row did you back try storm before it won I can yeah it can do things to itself I'm I'm really disappointed with with try storm's timing <laughs> as a as a racehorse uh, I've got no time for try storm I reckon it cop two really nice rides but yard man frequent fry that's not good form I uh, had a chance against Karanis gone early that wasn't oh that wasn't a horrible form but did you did you back at five reference. starts in a row prior to its its maiden uh, win probably probably every single start I've ever raced in I reckon and. Uh, Dearie me, the day we were beaten by Detorka. Um, yeah, I just thought you're kidding. No, that was, yeah, just just a bit of a sook. Anyway, that's all right. These things happen. It's racing. Yeah. We love it. Blah, blah, blah. All those other. The great game. Uh, cliches. TGG. The, great, the, the greatest. The greatest of games. But, um, yeah, no, for me, BJ, uh, classic roads flying in the southwest, by the way. I know it's uh, only narrowly lost to schoolwork. Bless its little heart. And uh, beat Ayasha last start in the tightest of finishes. But it's racing like a horse with a fair bit of Zest. Um, 3.2 off Plato reads pretty well for this three starts back as well. So, um, yeah, they, they can all win this, to be honest. Like, there's, there's no reason that uh, any of these eight runners can't win it with the right run, but uh, nothing has appealed at, at a, as a bet at my prices. So, for once, and it's a rarity, I am just going to say pass. Pass. Mm. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people with similar views on this race, Terry. I mean, the thing that I have liked recently is just in general, this is very general, uh, the way that the Adam Durant runners are performing um, a lot more consistent. They look like they're actually um, running up to their levels of ability. A good double yesterday, I believe it was a double for the Adam Durant yard. Just think they've, they've flicked a switch recently. So, I mean... I agree with Terry. I think Blackwater Bay is easily the best horse in this race. He's only had five starts though, and he's a um, he's a four year old heading towards five in August. So he's either been very slow to mature, or he's had lots of lots of issues. A thousand meter trial first up over eighteen hundred meters. There's lots of lots of question marks around. But what do you do? I mean, it's got William Pike, Adam Durant, best horse in the race. Um, it just yeah, I, I tipped Blackwater Bay. In the in the leg up on top, just on pure ability, and if if uh, the Durant camp has this fellow anywhere near right, he should should be winning, especially with uh, with William Pike and the way that he's riding at the moment. And um, I mean, there's just there's just not not a lot else here to get too enthusiastic about. I mean, um, proceeds of crime we just mentioned, Chris Willis, his stable doing well. It's going to race up on top of the speed, and Chris Chris Willis might be able to win the first two races on Diggers Cup Day, actually. But um, but yeah, I mean, classic rogue again. 
won really well with 59.5, conceding the second place getter. Seven kilos, was 1,900 back to 1,500, showing some versatility on the quick, is on the quick backup this sad day. So Sean McGrady back in the saddle, actually, back from that back injury that uh, meant that he missed the winning ride on Export Man in the Caracatta Plate. So good luck to Shawnee McGrady back in the saddle this Saturday. But yeah, it's just a thin, thin old race. And um, I won't talk anyone out of any of these runners because anything, no. any of the eight could win. But as um, as I mentioned in the first, if you're desperate for a on-top selection, then for me, class should prevail. Blackwater Bay, William Pike, Adam Durant. Yes, yes, class should prevail if it's right, but that's yeah. oh, it was $3 Blackwater Bay for what it's worth. So. Yeah, I was I initially had it four and oh, you could have marked it any price. Like it's just it's guesswork. It's uh it's pure and simple guesswork. Uh guesswork, BJ so yeah, not not much happening in race 1 or 2 at uh, at Ascot. Race three, the RSL WA Trophy for two-year-olds over one thousand meters. Now this is a this is a bit more like it. We've got a couple of horses coming back out of the Caracatta Plate, which are extending their programs. We have Ain't No Other Man, who looks a promising type from the Inform Sean and Jake Casey Yard. A few first starters and and a first upper by the name of Estrape. A strape, I think strape, it is. yes. Dan yes. Morton, Sean O'Donnell in the uh, in the Hoi An colours, and um, Gate One. This horse uh, placed in a Crystal Slipper behind Heavenly Waters and uh, ran third behind Ultimate Command, Flying Missile, and I think fourth in that race was Polizier back on the fifth of December. So there is a bit of talent engaged in this two-year-old uh, contest. So things are definitely heating up a little bit here in race three of the day. Terry, did you? Uh, did you do the deep dive on the two-odd race or are you moving forward into the program? No, I, I did. I did. Um, I think very simply it's you got to make a decision whether you think flying missile uh, has um, has how much the, the gut buster and the Karakata um, took out of – uh, him or her, BJ, her. Yep. Her, took out of her. Um, but I think the fact that Neville's given her 21 days between runs, you can back that she's probably going pretty well. Uh, there's a stack of speed in this. You're going to see uh, even horses like Gorgeous Gossip come across. Um, there is just a, a real, real abundant sock off ultimate command with the blinkers on you think they're going to be aggressive there so they might have a look to park flying missile and then you're going to say well who's going to be a better horse park flying missile or perhaps ain't no other man who's now parked twice in a row and has some experience parking so um sound like a driving instructor don't i mm. uh it is so for me i, I marked him flying missile three bucks ain't no other man four bucks uh a strap and ultimate command is a dangers but i really think those two looked out between them but the market again for me is is bang on here bj um yeah, I was hoping you could find me something outside of the box to uh, to tip us into because it's another race where I just really can't see an investment. Yeah, I thought that it was a gut buster in the Caracatta, wasn't it? Flying missile attacked on an absolutely searing tempo, and Chris Parnham just kept attacking too on straightening and and uh, led. Uh, before being collared by Pat Scott Sass initially, and then obviously the the early burn just just told on her late. She was coming off a very low pressure eleven hundred meter first up win flying missile. So for her to be as competitive as that uh, in the Caracatta Plate, considering the the way the race was run and the work that she had to do early, that was a that was a huge run. What has that? taken off her like how do you even measure that 21 days between runs is um 
is is a good uh, is a good break to recover from such a um, I don't know such a searching workout that she would have experienced and plenty of uh, and Neville Parnham has um, has his own property that he's that he's able to freshen these horses up if he needs needs to and even the stable mate Ultimate Command had a bit of a torrid run in the Caracatta Plate as well we all expected Brad Parnham to push forward and try to even try to attack in the um, in the Caracatta from gate six he ended up getting caught wide throughout and settled mid back so. I think the thing with that as well is that um, Neville Parnham and Ultimate Command Flying Missile and Storm Whisper in the Karakata, he's not going to say to all three of them, let's be super aggressive. There was always going to be, because I think they whipped the shades of Ultimate Command as well. Mm. So there was always going to be some sort of tactical mindset to try things a little bit differently. And I guess just we as punters weren't notified which ones were going to sit, which ones are going to go forward. So that's all. It probably also poses a question in where I'm not having a goal to anyone here, but where, where, where is the line drawn in regards to um, how much do trainers and how much do connections have to share with the public in that regard? I mean, there was one yesterday where Brad wrote, um, oh, what, what did he write? Um, in race one. In race one, uh, critical attitude. And um, I saw Brad had a little interaction on Twitter. Uh, it was really good stuff with Cripper and, and a couple of the other guys. And he just said, look, they wanted to chase the leader because uh, they felt that when he hit the front too early, he, uh, he was looking around or whatnot. Um, it's just sort of, well, do we need to um, notify? I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying you don't. But I just feel like there needs to be a more blanket rule. It's very hit and miss um, when things are notified and things aren't notified. So I just like a more... Uh, I don't know. I guess there's more consistency in, in, in what's required of stables to what they have to tell the public and what they don't have to tell the public. And if the answer is they don't have to tell you bugger all, then you know what? No worries. But that's the rule. Like yeah. just, just keep it, just keep it nice and simple in that sense. I think. Yeah. I mean, we've had this discussion before. Are we, are we better off knowing or are we better off not knowing? Because some, we know sometimes and we know, and we don't know a lot of the times. So Brad, explained himself and he's the the choice of tactics well on twitter he just said we felt as though critical altitude uh got a bit lost in front first up and second up and the the idea was to give uh, that particular horse something to to chase and um and not necessarily lead in that race yesterday is that a is that a change of tactics uh do we deserve to know that because that is um that's a significant change to the map and um and to the way that the, the race plays out. As it turns out, Sun Sun leads comfortably. Uh, Mitchell Pateman likes, loves nothing better than getting that, that kind of lead where he can rate, dictate, kick off the Ascot turn and, and just control proceedings from there and gave nothing else a look in and it was a well-judged front-running ride by Mitchie. But, that, um, but did, we, did, we need to, did, did we deserve to know what was, what was the, the thought process pre-race with critical altitude? I don't know. For me, sometimes I feel like they're just better off just letting the jockeys and trainers work it out on the day and not not give any notifications, and then and mm-hmm. then we've got nothing to whinge about, and then we can the the, the um, tactics can be spontaneous and um, and the, the racing can perhaps be a little bit more exciting. And if there is a change of tactics, and is if there is some unusual betting uh, moves, and if there is some you know some um, some 
some line of questioning that needs to be done, then that's up to the stewards. You know, that's their that's their job. So um, if if yeah, if the uh, if horses aren't ridden to the way they're supposed to be ridden, and the betting marries up with with uh, with that, then the, it's up to the stewards to make those inquiries to to from an integrity point of view. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes it just creates more headaches. I think just these notifications because I think there was even one yesterday. Uh, was it Island Charm where a notification went out that they said they were going? That to was uh, that was like well, <laughs> I, I laughed at that. Like yesterday was a day where I can I felt like I can comment on yesterday because I barely had an investment. I was away Monday, so I've focused on Narragin as I'm sure most punters have this week. Um, but first of all, like what what's Roy thinking? It was a seven horse field. We want to settle on speed with cover. There's only likely to be uh, three horses in the moving line. Like what you're literally saying, I want the one one from seven. That's what I want Brad to have. I want him to have the one one from seven. Like and and trying to settle forward midweek when traditionally it's it's well favoured to to take a sit and come wide and and utilize the better ground like that to me was um for a for a stable that's in good nick that's just that's oh, that's just getting things completely and utterly wrong sending telling brad to go forward and try to find a spot in the small field if he sits last that wins that race i'm pretty sure i'm pretty confident that'll what about swoop sunny silk uh who was fresh uh for about uh for about eight months i think so yeah some some weird 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 stuff i yeah, it's some weird stuff. I, I got no issue with them not notifying. Yeah. When that notification comes out and it's like, well, hang on, like where do you as you said, where do you where do you honestly expect to land? I just think I just think straight away this is gonna get caught deep. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah, where do you where do you want to land? It just yeah. Oh dear, I don't know. I don't know. Some some odd with stuff. With cover is possible. It's like, oh, Sure, Brad Ruillo. We're just going to uh, just let you the, slot in into the one-one here and race. That's the, the only place. spot that was available in that. That's the only spot yeah. that he could have landed to fit that. Um, to, to what he said, basically, yeah, it was uh, it was odd stuff. Yeah, so stuff. F- f- yeah, for 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 what it's worth for mine, I I actually don't mind if they don't don't notify notify at all, and and then everyone can be on the same playing ground, you know, a level playing field where where we go in and we uh, we we attack the race, and and then it. it Tactics can be left up to the jockeys and trainers, and they can do what they think is best on the day, and that's that's their job, and that's what they're entitled to. But I think sometimes these notifications, or lack of notifications, or notifications gone wrong, I, I think they just create unnecessary headaches. But that is a discussion for another day. As far as this two-year-old thousand-meter contest is concerned, flying missile, I think, is the uh, very classy filly. Plenty of talent, as we mentioned. Caracato plate run was huge. If she hasn't, if the edge hasn't been taken off her uh, from that Caracato gut buster, I think she'll be winning. Ain't no other man. Very stiff to be beaten in that head bobber by Featherweight the other day. Just got jammed up on the fence a touch at a critical moment. As I said, Sean and Jake Casey flying at the moment. Geordie Turner rides this horse well. He's a, he's a massive chance as well, and he's he's the biggest danger to flying missile, obviously. Estrape. Nice filly in the making as well. But Terry said something out of the box. The only horse that I could really come up with out of the box is I think Miss Eugen. Eugen? Miss Eugen, mm. number 12. Jay McNaught, Tiana Robinson is the best of the first starters. I thought both this Rommel Phillies trials have been full of merit. And I, I think Mitchell Payton was quite easy on this horse over the uh, concluding stages in that April 12 trial. From gate three, bounced out. Miss Eugen can land leaders back. I think maybe Flying Missile comes across to take up the lead perhaps or, you know, 
If she doesn't, then Miss Eugene might even boot through and, and hold the lead. But I think she is the best of the first starters and could run a race at a price. Uh, so actually, I'm just checking the Tab Touch Flux at the moment. Open $21 and into $10 at the time of recording. So, um, so yeah, there's a couple of couple of other people have um, picked up on that as well. But for me, I think Flying Missile should get the job done. Ain't no other man the biggest danger and Miss Eugene the best of the first starters. Yeah, it looks a race between flying missile and ain't no other man for me, BJ. But uh, look at the 250, 440 at the moment. I think the market's got it pretty right. Flying missile's a bit short. Ain't no other man's on its mark. Um, yeah, I can't see a bet or suggest a bet at this stage of proceedings. But uh, if we see a really strong move for one or the other, I wouldn't be afraid to have something on the uh, the Betfair Drifter, BJ. Okay. Moving on to race four, the first of our features. It's the Sheila Gwynn Classic, a listed 1,400-metre race, $100,000 on the table. Uh, this race was extended twice to attract mm. more nominations during the week and uh, still could only manage a six-horse field. And the noted, notable absentee is star filly Clairvoyance who's um, unfortunately her racing future is currently in doubt with a serious leg injury after she kicked out at um, Impressive Racing Headquarters during the week. Uh, she's got bleeding on the knee and tendon sheaths, so uh, very serious stuff for clairvoyance and hopefully she uh, she pulls through and, um, yeah, we're able to see her back at the races sometime soon, uh, Terry, because, um, yeah, it would, yeah, like this, she's – one of the rising stars of West Australian racing and Australian racing, to be fair, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real shame for connections because um, she's got all the talent in the world. This filly, yeah, no, she's an excitement machine, obviously, and it's um, yeah, it's flattening that. Uh, is it just me, or does it seem to do injuries seem to occur more often to the real good ones? Mm-hmm. It might it might just be we notice them more. Like if a, a moderate horse got injured from another stable, it probably wouldn't be a blip on our radar. But we obviously talk about clairvoyance, hear about clairvoyance, we're excited to see clairvoyance's progre- uh, yeah. progression. But um, well, we just lost yeah, Ar- no. just lost Arcadia Queen a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. But I mean, we're often uh, the, yeah. I mean, even my little stable of horses. I think two. I got two that are no longer running, and that was in that was sort of in the last six months. So then I sort of think, well, hang on, we don't hear about those publicly so maybe it's just the fact that we talk about those ones more but no flattening and it hasn't done much for this race bj um either yeah uh, even, even even with clairvoyance not being in the field it hasn't uh, hasn't propped up the entries so no it, it certainly hasn't uh, i think the bottom three worth a risk for queen and sweet angeline are all uh are all facing a pretty uh, uphill battle to, to run a hole, you suspect. Um, I think Worth Risk might be a horse with a fair bit of ability, actually, mm. BJ. I think I think the Pierces might have figured um, might have figured her out now in regards to the fact that they are spacing her runs. Um, she was off 40-odd uh, days at York. I only beat Stella Ann, but, I mean, I guess Temptation was back in third, but that mm. was a different different version of Temptation, I think, that day. But, um, look, she's one that could, um, could improve. And yeah, I think Joey has a party got away with a bit in front on that occasion as well but yeah she certainly did but i mean the one that, that could improve out outside of those three is her but uh, was she scratched during the week yeah she was uh yeah she was yeah big big money mover yeah. and then um 
and then was uh, and then was withdrawn. Uh, understandable, I guess, but she would cop a fair penalty here. But I'm guessing with her space run, she might not be the soundest of mares, so they might think, well, hang on, if we have a chance of whipping a feature race, then we might or may as well try and um, have a crack while we can. But no, it should be between the other three. Tycoon Storm gets weight on Watch Me Dance, probably lands in the 1-1. One, one. Cryptic Love will probably have to sprint off a moderate speed from last, which can be very difficult, as we saw for She's a Charmer and... Um, uh, yesterday, uh, who I thought still went pretty good on return, despite running near last in a six-horse field. Yeah. Uh, actually thought went okay. Um, but, yeah, look, it's got to be Tycoon Storm. I've, I've marked her 220. She's two bucks currently. So I'm not going to be playing. I don't think she gets any bigger than that either. I think she probably trades about a dollar ninety. But, um, look, she gets a weight swing on a horse she beats last start and draws inside of her. So Gets a map just, too, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 To me, it's just it's the only horse she can be on. But I'm not going to be taking a dollar ninety-five in a. Uh, in a six-horse field about um, uh, even drawn in five. I mean, you, you could say Watch Me Dance has the back of Tycoon Storm this time. Perhaps Watch Me Dance can improve a, off, off a softer run with McGrady going back on. So, look, I'm, yeah, look, should be winning. But again, $1.95, it's, it just doesn't overly excite me. No, I mean, the thing with Cryptic Love too is she has got a letdown with 58 too. So, yeah. um, when she's won the when, – when she – let down so strongly in the Cyril Flower. She had 54, 54 in the Pinjar Classic. Went well over 1,400 metres in the Bunbury Stakes with 55 and a half. But sometimes those horses with those booming finishes, when they start creeping up in the weights, it really does blunt their, their effectiveness. But she is the older mare with the score on the board and she could win. However, geez, it does look so set up for Tycoon Storm. When I was doing this race last night, I was trying to – I was trying to do a uh, Roy Rogers and uh, and place Watch Me Dance into a <laughs> into a winning position for or, or a, a mapper to advantage and um, somehow find a way to get Tycoon Storm. But it's either Watch Me Dance has to go behind Tycoon Storm and follow her every move and then let down stronger than her with two and a half kilos less, which is going to be a challenge, or she rolls forward, breezes potentially and and then gets um then she, they tycoon storm gets last crack at her which is exactly what happened when they met at april on, at ascot on april 3 so watch me dance is going quite well she just hasn't had anything on her terms this preparation thus far she drew wide over 1200 meters with 59 and a half first up had to roll forward and sit in the breeze and got left a sitting duck for tycoon storm who uh was rails in run leaders back on a um on a day that definitely suited horses close to the fence and she tycoon storm burst through underneath watch me dance and and was uh, was too good on the day and then then i thought uh watch me dance just um just got run off her feet chasing clairvoyance in that very fast marjorie charleston over 1200 but also was on the was on the quick backup 14 back to 12 this is more suitable 12 up to 14 with with two weeks it's just that gate six outside of tycoon storm if it was the reverse uh, with Watch Me Dance five and Tycoon Storm six, I would be I'll be pretty confident of a Watch Me Dance victory. But it just just the way that I was sort of um, jigsawing this race into place, I just I just couldn't find a way that if Tycoon Storm performs to her optimum and Watch Me Dance performs up to up to her optimum, um, how Watch Me Dance is going to turn the tables. So I can see exactly why Tycoon Storm is, has rolled into odds on now this morning. Um, but uh, it does look a two-horse race, Tycoon Storm, Watch Me Dance. If, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see 
if Watch Me Dance can elevate at this stage of her preparation and whether she can she can turn the tables. But I can uh, I can see why the money is coming for Tycoon Storm, and I locked her in on top. She ticks all the boxes certainly. What price did you ever? I was a flat even money actually. So yeah, yeah. I didn't really price yeah. price the other three, so I was able yeah. to <laughs> I was able to crib a little bit there, but um, but yeah, I was sort of uh, two dollars. Two dollars, uh, Tycoon Storm three twenty. Watch me dance. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think even money will be about as high as um, she shops. Looks very good placement for Lindsay Smith. Okay, BJ. It is now time for the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind Competition. Thanks, Terry. That is correct. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since eighteen ninety nine. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in. Catch up with the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor, a great racing man, and, uh, yeah, let him know you're a one-one listener, and I'm sure he'll – him and his squad up there at the Mundarian will take the best of care of uh, with you. So congratulations to Episode 72, WA Racing Mastermind winner, the Professor. He's done it again. Professor Mike Eppis is, uh, has another had another one-one fill-up. He's won Get Out Stakes. He's won the Mastermind in the past – Good supporter of our podcast over the journey and that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail, Mike, as well as a, a couple of uh, 1-1 hats as well. So well done, Professor. We always appreciate you uh, chiming in and uh, supporting the show and supporting our competition. So thoroughly deserved uh, win in the WA Racing Mastermind competition. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you will need to answer the following three questions correctly. Question number one, who rode King Blitz to victory in last year's Diggers' Cup? Question two, this is going to be uh, a bit of fun. What, okay, so what did Tab Toucher's own Brad McManus price King Blitz in the opening fixed odds market for last year's Diggers' Cup? Now, Keep, keeping in mind, she jumped about four bucks, I think. Yeah. So, if you want a clue, follow Brad McManus on Twitter. That's at Brad McManus WA, which we'll put in our show notes and, and on Twitter. Um, and you can, uh, you can, it won't take you long before you can uh, get a clue to the answer for question number two. What price did King Blitz open last year's Diggers Cup, courtesy of? Brad McManus. Question number three. Name the Pierce Brothers Mayor, the Pierce Brothers Prepared Mayor, who won last year's Sheila Gwynn Stakes. That was quite a quite an outstanding edition of the Sheila Gwynn, to be honest. So um, she was an outstanding race mayor. Last year's Sheila Gwynn winner. Terry? I reckon, right. I reckon you've gone three from three comfortably. Well, I think you've – can you say that? Yeah, Perfect. Got it. Yeah. yeah tick tick tick. It was a gift this week. That was uh, that was uh, that was a gift. So yeah, yeah if, if you want to be in the running to win that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring, send your answers in via direct message to at the one one pod on Twitter, and uh, yeah, get up there, heart of the hills, since eighteen ninety nine. Okay, BJ, now we attack a race with a little bit more depth uh, and a little bit more venom here. Um, we, need to, is, we need to up the ante, don't we? Get a bit of uh, Well, we can't. There's not much. There isn't a great deal we can do. So we've had a six-horse field where three of them can't really uh, just completely 
out of the depth you'd suspect. We've got a very poor maiden. Horrible, We've got a race horrible horrible Blackwater, Blackwater Bay's first up for six weeks. Well, hasn't had a trial for six weeks. There's 1,800 metres. I mean, it's the best horse. What can you do? And then we've got... Uh, the third, which is the two-year-old race where the, the two favourites stand out. So it's, it hasn't been a card that's got that's had any meat in it uh, thus far. We've had to try and manufacture some enthusiasm, but it hasn't happened mm, thus far, has no, it, No, I've, I've, I've been battling for it. Definitely been battling for it. But look, this is a race where, I must admit, again, there isn't really a major uh, investment here at the prices, but it, it's a good race to discuss and one yeah. um, I'm looking forward to discussing with you, BJ. Mm. Uh, and that is the Morley Growers Market Handicap over the 1,400 metres. Captain Chaos is your short price favourite, around about that two dollar fifty, two dollar sixty mark across uh, across the agencies at the moment. Understandable uh, has sat leaders back uh, when defeating Holy Ghost. Went out to, to last last start fourteen days ago. We're getting past How's the Serenity. Uh, he looks like a bloke who can sort of um, settle at either end of the field and get the job done. The only thing I'll say about this bloke is that Chris Parnham has given him 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Peach, peach, peach. Uh, they've been just three absolute peaches, but he still won well. There is no there is no hiding back. The handicap is now catching up with a little bit. There has to be a race where he gets held up at a key moment for um, – well, the, the, he, bad luck will catch up with you mm. at some point as a racehorse. Look, for me, the 240-250 is just a little bit thin here. Really? Um, just a little bit thin, just mm. a little bit thin. Um, look, I, I've still marked him a slight, slight, slight favourite. Um, but, I mean, from a map point of view, BJ, first of all, have you got have you got Fanta working through from the inside gate to lead? Do you think Divine Pair will um, be really aggressive from four to try and go forward? Um, how, how have you got the speed map um, speed map looking? She's gone to you, could be ridden aggressively yeah. with Tash Faithful in the saddle. Basically, yeah, what you said, I've got She's gone to you, Divine Pair, Fanta, those three trying to uh, position up on top of the speed. Uh, I had She's gone to you leading. Wouldn't be surprised if Fanta led. Um, and Captain Chaos just landing uh, in the one-one. Yeah, yeah. This is. I'll actually give you this one-one rather than uh, whinge and complain. Not that I should ever whinge and complain because I don't think you've missed a one-one in the uh, seventy-three episodes we've been doing this. I think you're about forty for forty. So it's um, yeah, you're a, a genuine cartographer, BJ. <laughs> but um, did, look, did my, my one, is, I think my one-one slotted in last week too. That's what I mean. You don't, you don't miss. Riverboat. You don't miss. Riverboat, yeah, you don't yeah. miss. You yeah. just you simply don't miss. I saw so. there was a guy on on Twitter actually who who took up the challenge to try to map the one one in that uh, in that particular race, and he had um, what was Simon Miller's was plutocracy in the one one, and I just said oh, I wouldn't have thought, and then uh, Riverboat just slotted in as predicted. So, well, well, Crip and I discussed it on the Wild West. Crip had money matters in the one one, and I had uh, obviously I had um, Highland Beat, and when they stood in the gates for seven seven minutes, <laughs> Highland Beats decided to jump last. So I just just threw the toys out. They actually sat up over the final two under, and he still ran the second quickest last two. So I think that was I think we were onto something there. It was just uh, execution. Yeah, just, um, well, well, we had to stand the gates for six, seven minutes, so it definitely wasn't. Uh, some horses deal with that better than others, but correct, um, correct. any anyway, um, yeah, I think this looks a race in. I'm going to stretch it out to a race in three, BJ. Okay. Um, I think Stella Vista is the horse from a weighted point of view, is the weighted winner. Um, was a huge run behind Billy Ain't Silly, who's made that form look good. Uh, was then obviously a moral beaten midweek. Uh, when I say a moral beat, and you have to probably expect that for a horse that's going to be back to last, is you're always going to be a big chance of being a moral beaten because you're going to have to, you need the right run, et cetera, et cetera. But W Pike goes on here. 
I, I just think if, if he gets the right cart in the race, he's close enough to Captain Chaos. He can run a a, um, a substantially faster last 200. With the, four, with the you, four kilos, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to back the wizard in. And, and my, my gut feel is this is the race that uh, Pikey, with the form he's currently in, uh, can navigate a path to get over uh, Captain Chaos. Um, but the one runner I really quickly want to touch on, and I, I think he's – He's poorly in because he's picked up the points in class ones and a class five is, is fiery Bay. Um, he's, he's the form lines around safety Bay, Zachary Bay don't read anything like what he's going to face here. And I, I can't have him from a weight point of view, but um, his last two wins, they've been nothing short of just arrogant. That win against safety Bay, like it's almost like Hawley's tried to pull, he's only one by point two of a length and Hawley's tried to pull him up on the line to try and, um, to try and hide him or something. It's, Sometimes you can't justify a win with numbers or or what they've beaten, but it's the arrogance in which they do something and the ease and the the improvement you can see in that run. And, and Fiery Bay really, really gives me that feel. Yeah, um, I like his horse. I have done for a, a while. As a racehorse. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, uh, just, I mean, when you're talking Fiery Bay 57.5 from six, who's probably going to get semi back, and then you're talking Stella Vista, who's probably only going to be a horse behind Fiery Bay with 54.5, I find it hard to come at Fiery Bay um, in, in this sort of setup. I would have liked to have seen Fiery Bay in like – like a graduation or something like that, I reckon. Like, um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, sometimes these three, these open three odds, they're just they're so the cream go to these races. They're so hard. To I win. don't know. I don't understand why more um, three year olds aren't racing against the older horses. It's yeah. just they're gifts half the time, yeah. and they, they start half the price, and the prize money's there. So it, it really it really confuses me as to why they're racing against um, uh, the open class three year olds who are sort of potential future top liners. I mean, you're talking about, we haven't even mentioned a horse like Bragwell and Fanta who, um, you know, they've, they've run huge races in, in, in listed races and have been stiff in listed races. And Calaroos won a listed race. So. Yeah, exactly right. So um, no, no cracking horse race, but um, I my gut tells me that Pikey with the, the four kilos on Captain Chaos um, can navigate a path. And I think if we can shop around five bucks, I think that's enough to have something on Stella Vista. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. That's, that's more of a gut thing. That, from a speed map point of view, from this and that, you go Captain Chaos 1-1, one, one, gets a head start oh, looks, on Stella Vista, it looks, it looks flashes late, holds on. Yeah. Um, but I just think $2.50 versus the near five bucks, I, I think I think we can have a bet on Stella Vista at five bucks. I think she's a better than a $5 chance, if that makes sense, PJ. Fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, I fully went into that last start of Stella Vista wanting to back Smile for me. <laughs> and mm. I had something on Smile for me. And then when Stella Vista started to get out of touch on the Betfair exchange, betfair.com.au, I thought, oh, that looks a little bit um, more like it and uh, fell into the shorts, Stella Vista, and only chopped out on the race with Smile for me, holding on uh, with a lunging Stella Vista. And, yeah, you're right, absolute moral beaten and um, – to do what she did at her third start in a race to overcome the challenges that got thrown her way in that particular race, to not turn it up and to keep coming and only go down a neck to a horse, um, giving a horse weight who was leaders back and never went around a horse. I think the leader rolled off and Bo on Smile for Me darted through. Like That was just such a huge run. Um, Simon Miller's got himself a pretty talented filly. I was just trying to work out how close – Stella Vista needed to be to Captain Chaos to um, be able to be stronger than him over over at um, late in the race. Four kilo swing, Captain Chaos stretching out to fourteen hundred meters. Uh, it's just been so dynamic at twelve hundred at his first three runs back uh, for Mo- uh, for Michael Grantham. That win, I mapped him 
last second last in that three odd race last uh, last start, and I just thought that, that might be his downfall if you have to go if he has to go around them. Spoke about this on last week's podcast. Chris Parnham just sort of cut through the field. It was just a beautiful ride, and but the course the horse still had to run the fastest last four and two of the day to win, and he did that, and he did that comfortably. It was easily the best closing split of the day, and um, that was exciting to see what he was able to do on that occasion when ridden really cold by Chris Parnham. From gate two, comes out, going to map soft, uh, is going to get a good look at them. It'll be interesting to see whether something comes around the three-wide line to try and flush him. And um, if, if Captain Chaos is the first horse to go to lead up that three-wide line, that um, that means he's going to have to use him up a touch more than than um, than what he did last start. Does that expose him up to the 1,400 metres with 58.5? Very Tactics is going to be interesting in this, in this three-odd contest. They're not going to allow... Um, Captain Chaos just to sit one one peel and go bang because if if they did they might as well not even not even show up because it'll be game over. So tactics will be fascinating in this race. Chris Parnham, top jock, he knows what he's got underneath him and he'll be looking to to utilise that uh, that big engine. I couldn't not tip Captain Chaos just from the map and just that stellar view being the the main danger is just going to be basically last. But um, but I can see exactly where Terry is coming from. Captain Chaos is actually a touch of value for me. I, I marked him pretty short. I was two twenty-five. Um, just just thought he was uh, he was um, from map form um, jockey. Everything ticks all the boxes. And I had Stella Vista second favorite at five fifty. So they were the only two that can really win for mine. Um, again, it's uh, it's going to be. Tactics are going to be of a premium, and you've got Pike versus Parnham, and this is what the punters tune in and go to the races to see, to see these two champion jockeys going at it. So, <clears throat> I imagine they're going to come together at some stage in the straight, settle down to fight it out. I just think with the with the map and the way that that horse is racing and his acceleration, uh, I think Captain Chaos is going to be able just to hold on and scramble in from Stella Vista. Very good. Moving on to race six, the Vale Russell Woods handicap, 1,000-meter graduation handicap. Now, uh, we had a scratching when we were doing the form last night. That was number one, Silken Eyes came out, which is a bit of a shame. It would have added a bit to this particular race. Mm. Um, and at the moment, we have a $2.60 favorite. Simon A. Miller, Patrick Carberry, pans down, three-year-old coming off a dominant first up Bunbury victory. There's a, there's a bit of form in this race to sift through. However, this horse, uh, this is one of those three-year-olds in a graduation, which we were talking about in the previous race, Terry, and it does look set up nicely for a pans-down victory. But I suppose, as you always remind me, it's all about price. Where are we at with this particular race? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's really good placement for Dark Mission before he goes, um, before she goes on sale. Um, <laughs> did uh, did mention that last time. It's odd, fourteen hundred back to a thousand. This this looks like a real, um, yeah. It just looks like they're uh, preparing her um, for a different stable. But um, look, this race has a plethora of speed. Shock results been scratched from Narragin today um, and it should be able to hold the top. For me, the moment it holds the top, that probably takes drink what you like out. I think yep, yep. drink what you like can only win a horse race or this horse race if able to find the top. I agree. Um, King's Authority is racing super, but Lactar is a really important claim for the horse. With the 59 in this type of grade, I think things are difficult. City Circle Park's on them and it's going super and there's no reason 
A can't win again, but um, yeah, I think the two class runners in this who both mapped probably in between for third and sixth are um, pans down and and comes a time, BJ. Um, my, my reservations with pans down, and when I say reservations, I've oh, no, I've marked him four bucks. So it's actually, he's far shorter than I've marked mm. him, but um, my reservation is the 1116 back down to the thousand. Um, we saw him run off his legs over a thousand once last campaign. Um, first up, it was a, a really good win. Um, but it was, it was Holly a, it Watson, was a, it was a gift. It was a ten out of ten mm-hmm. against on the on what ended up being the best part of the track by five lengths. Um, oh, Holly Watson, watch her rides that day. It was one of the she rode extremely well, especially the last winner, BJ. Um, but you'll find um, that I think that victory was embellished a little bit by the conditions of that event and and uh, and what he's beat. So um, he actually recording that win. He actually doesn't. Um, he doesn't actually go down in weight at all with uh, with Holly being replaced by Patrick Carvery. So, just some minor reservations for me in that sense. Um, was hoping comes a time because of that went up a little bit better price. Um, if you're watching comes a times two trials, you'll notice that she he sorry trialed with the blinkers on on the 22nd of March and on the 6th of April um, the blinkers came off, which I thought was quite odd. Mm. Um, there was nothing wrong with the 6th of April trial, uh, especially looking at the fact that Cremantula came out and won and it was in a really good time. But um, you can probably expect improvement on that trial. So, um, look, at, at the 1,000 metres, I'm leaning towards comes a time. But I, I basically marked them alongside each other and they're both um, under the prices that I want. So, difficult to have uh, a bet for me here, BJ. But I get the feeling you might be pretty keen on, um, on the Simon Miller trained gelding. Yeah, I'd marked Pans down 250. I just thought he's just uh, got a bit of class about him. Last preparation, he there was, there's always been a bit of a spruik around, isn't there, for Pans down. He was beaten narrowly at Northern, then he was beaten less than a length when fifth in a blanket finish for the Ferretha, ran into guineas. and But also at the time, I don't think the Simon Miller yard was going uh, particularly well. So at the moment... They've, it looks like that stable has got their ducks in a row, and their horses are going really, really well, performing up to their to their optimum. And um, do you ever think, like, mm. um, this is a bit of a, a bit of a digress, but do you ever think um, the period that the Simon Milliard wasn't going that well is also when Newhad was racing as well. So, for anyone, uh, for all the one one pod faithful, I, I think about it. I think about it often. Yeah, like, I actually. Daily. <laughs> well, the improvement Luke got first up. Obviously, we failed horribly. At our second run, but the improvement Luke got out of her first up, um, that is something to to monitor and um, feel good about. But um, there's a lot of horses during that period that are going sort of three, four lengths better um, now than they were then. And Simon openly admits that, um, uh, yeah, he just, his stable was battling a few different things for different reasons. But, um, yeah, that is something I didn't actually factor in, BJ. So very good point. Yeah, so he 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 trolled up nicely in the uh, behind stablemate time scale on May uh, March twenty nine rather, and then took that form to to Bunbury with that with that dominant uh, special conditions three year old win. Got lots of favours on the day, as Terry said. But what I liked is the the time. The time was there from a uh, closing speed point of view, very very um, zippy on the day. Uh, Heads to Ascot, second up. The, the the speed in this race suggests that Paddy Carberry can can land midfield and be stalking that first four or five in running. Uh, pans down, I don't necessarily think is. I think he's a, a good good chaser as well. So angling out, 
Uninterrupted run, angling out into space. I think Pansdown can let down just that closing speed he showed at Bunbury. He can let down over the top of him. I marked him 250. He's about that. I think there's a bit of 260, 270 floating around at the moment. So not a lot of value. Actually, the horse that came up over my odds a touch was City Circle. In form, race fit, gate one, Chris Parnham. In, yeah, career best at the moment for City Circle. He's going to get all the favours. Um, hard to knock her. I marked her $5 equal favourite with comes a time. So at the moment, City Circle, $7 comes a time, $4. Equal second favourite. Equal second favourite. What did yep. I say? Equal favourite. Oh, apologies. Yeah, yep. equal second favourite. Favourite was pans down 250 So yep. um, from a value point of view, it's currently it's City Circle. But for me, I think pans down is a three-odd on the rise. Might just be a bit too good for these from a class point of view. Yeah, be interesting from a betting point of view here is I expect pans down uh, and a lot of, like a lot of those three-year-olds to be pretty well um, pretty well supported. So I'll probably be looking for pans down to be over-supported on Betfair and we may see a, um, you know, you may see uh, six bucks comes a time or I might see my 11 bucks city circle or something. Mm. So for me, uh, and like most of the card, it's it's a race. Um, it's a card where I've, I've had very little early bets. Brad was on his best behavior, unfortunately, this morning. So no um, McManus moments? No, no, he didn't go up. Um, what was that? He didn't go up... Uh, $16 trap for fools or Maricino and then in the diggers cup this year, which yeah. would have been nice. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really good day to, uh, to monitor and to bet late. And we're seeing, we're seeing the track play really uh, after you can really, after a few races determine that it's playing in a certain way and it allows you to bet into it. Like yesterday, that inside pad for the last few was clearly off. Um, that's why we saw, yeah, yeah quicksand. That's why we saw mm. horse uh, drifts for horses like McCanto, who looked probably your best of the day pre-meeting. Giancarna drifted too, didn't it? Giancarna. Giancarna yeah. couldn't walk though. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gene Carter was gone on straight. You don't know how much to do with that was the horse or... Yeah, no, um, it was uh, too bad to be true, Gene Carter, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, good good day oh, in that what sense. A, what too, a, we forgot to mention, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Marbell, one of Pikey's four winners yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, good to see Danny Miller Dashing Dan back on course yesterday. The um, Michelle Marbell trained by his wife Wendy, and obviously uh, owned uh, by the family, a real family operation. But Dashing Dan, one of the legends of WA racing, was on course, and he got in the the post race winners photo as well. And a great moment for for the for the Miller family with Michelle Marbell and William Pike saluting the judge midweek yesterday. Yeah, he's. Uh, I was saying to you before we jumped on, he's. I think in the last fortnight midweek races, he's. Um, I think he's ridden four. Or five winners sitting three deep the trip so uh, it's, yeah it's really yeah. About, sometimes it's really just about assessing conditions isn't it and he, he's doing that tremendously at the moment so you wouldn't you wouldn't associate pikey um with riding too many winners leading or uh, or sitting deep no no cover the trip and um yeah he's just he's a getting the best out of him horses are running for him with very soft hands and he's um yeah he's assessing conditions extremely well yeah i think he must have been Hanging around Craig Williams and the uh, expert track watch uh, walkers over there in uh, in Victoria because he's um, he's finding himself at the right place at the right time at the moment. Even at Caulfield last last Saturday, and he believes like he pulled their pants down at uh, the best some of the best riders in the nation. He pulled their pants down at Caulfield consistently last Saturday, and and you know he's obviously at the height of his powers and um yeah he's uh they don't call him the wizard for nothing so um yeah looking forward to seeing what he can do in his queensland and south australian adventures moving forward race seven is the amelia park handicap it's a it's a rating 72 but they've had to scale it up so it's a 70 plus 
um, yeah, over the over the fourteen hundred meters, and no doubt after uh, after last start, um, Terry will no doubt be declaring position of power as a moral. Mm. Surely, no, no, not quite, not quite. It was huge though. As a pheasant, as a pheasant. Um, yeah, yeah, as a pheasant. Yeah, we haven't used that yet, have we? I don't think I've suggested a bet yet. We're up to race seven. But uh, the good news is I do like three in the last three. So um, we might be able to uh, come home strong. Um, Just getting warmed up. Mm, position of power. No, I thought position of power was huge, obviously. Uh, deep the trip. Look, got on the turn as well, didn't he? Um yeah, he so, just sort of got shunted. Something came out underneath him, and it was like, "Oh, hang on, there's going to be a strife here." Uh, but, um, but Jesus uh, just kept boxing on. That was one of the runs of the day. Really. Yeah, certainly. Well, especially considering the fact Downforce was on his back. Um, yep. If Downforce has got a, obviously a nice turn of foot, so you would have expected Downforce to be able to get past him. But um, no, I think it, it looks potentially another little sticky map position of power from seven. Mm, yeah. um, I, I'm going to wait for. I'm going to probably wait for a Paul Harvey or, or a stronger jockey to go back on to really extract the best out of him because he did, while something shunted him out, he did drop the bit for a, a stride or two there. And I, do I think remember, it was uh, Bruce Almighty who it came was, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I do think he'd be better suited to a um, to a stronger a stronger hoop or if it is going to be a um, an apprentice on board. One that perhaps, can um, – Perhaps uh, perhaps Belmont too, not far away. Def- definitely, yeah. Definitely Belmont, definitely a wet track. Um, Obviously, his last win was over Dig Deep um, in the slop. Um, But no, at at the seven bucks, I think position of power is well and truly under the odds here. I think at the seven bucks, Bruce Almighty is probably the biggest unders of the day from Barrier 11. Um, Probably can't really associate Bruce Almighty as being a horse who can win from a, a sticky gate, especially in arguably one of the hardest races he's faced his campaign as well. So I think looking at those two being those prices and, and most importantly, not to miss BJ is $4.20. Um, look from barrier 10 with 60 kilos. Yeah. He's, he's going well, but he's going well every start and he just, he, he, he puts in his same run sort of every, every single start. And I don't, yep. I don't know if he's best um, at everything going his way. Um, well, he could win it if, if everything going his way, but so much has to go right. And I, I can't, I've comfortably made not to miss $15. So mm-hmm. the $4.20 um, for not to miss the seven bucks, Bruce Almighty. Those two, especially they're taking up a good chunk of the market. They've allowed us to have a bet elsewhere. Um, I'm going to look around creator. Uh, it's no huge knock on creator. I, I just query that Bruce Almighty and position of power form, considering Bruce Almighty had to take a sit um, three pairs back and the position of power was deep the trip. I don't know how strong that race was and creator could, was given an absolute 10 out of 10 by CJP. So, um, so I'm willing just to look around creator and the obvious one for me is, uh, is cocky joy here, which I think you're keen on, um, to BJ, mm-hmm. um, three starts back should have beaten. Um, and there's no real doubts about this should have beaten tycoon storm. Um, who's going to go around a very short price favorite in the feature earlier in the day. Uh, came around, went around, from the widest gate in a 66 plus um, at her next start, uh, which was never in the race. I thought the run was still really good behind Maginica. Um, just shuffled out the back and it was just a complete forget run. Uh, they dropped her back to the 1200 meters of the Marjorie Charleston last start. She got chopped out at the top of the bend after again being back near last behind Claire Voyance. And um, I thought if you just watched the last 150, 150 metres, she hit the line identically to Platinum Bullet. And I think over 1,200, if you're hitting the line the same as Platinum Bullet, um, you're going super. Um, yeah, after uh, Platinum Bullet, who had an uninterrupted passage. Exactly right. Co- she stopped in her tracks. Checkered passage. So, yeah, yeah it, was, Abs- uh, it, was a, it was some run. Yeah, Absolutely stopped in her tracks. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought that was, uh, that was clearly one of the runs of the day as well. Um, the danger for Cocky Joy is she, 
she isn't necessarily jumping all that well. So you're going to need some luck from three back defence, I'd say. Um, I, thought, I thought Joey on might be able to. Um, I think he'll dig. Yeah, dig. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. he'll definitely dig. So you could get you could end up leaders back. Um, but yep. she also looks a horse that, um, as we've seen with Lucy riding her, um, that looks to enjoy being able to find her feet in the run. So I wouldn't I want to see. Her, I wouldn't a, want to see her dug up um, and and get out of her comfort zone because I don't think she'll have the same finishing burst. It's a double-edged um, sword, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly yep. is. So yep. I think you've got to almost just let her be three back the fence, unless she can easily get the one-one. If she fluently gets there, um, and then just hope you can, hope you can get some. Um, some luck in the straight. Um, but the horses come up big value for me as well. I've marked Cocky Joy 320 BJ. So the five bucks, um, that's a great price. And that's a, a fairly, uh, that'd be probably my most substantial investment for the day. Um, but there's another runner that's come up a, um, a really big price for me. And that's surprisingly, that's War God. Um, so what I've done in the last, uh, what I did midweek as well, I'm looking at horses that, um, looking at, I always look at like looking for runners that Lactar's replacing uh, certain seniors, because I feel the way Lactar's riding, he's riding better than most seniors, and you're obviously getting a little bit of a claim. But um, look, War, War God took 10 starts to win last prep. So the fact that I think he's seventh up here um, is no real concern for me. He's actually at his lowest rating of his entire career. Uh, I think the reason most people will probably go straight past him is, A, he probably only wins one per campaign, but um, this could very well be the one. But his last start, they dropped him back to the – uh, 1,200 metres. Jade sort of gave him a dig early, but then was really content sitting 3-4 back the fence against Miss mm. Kentucky over the 1,200. It just it was just completely wrong setup for um, for War Gods. So on the seven-day backup here, it's not a horse we associate with seven-day backups very often. I think this might have been the race they're looking at for War God in that sense because um, there was very little interest shown last start, I think you can say. The prior run against Tycoon Storm only beaten 1.9 lengths. Um, it was Watch Me Dance in second and Not To Be Missed in third. Meets Not meets not To Be Missed three kilos better for that run, as well as having significant barrier position, plus the addition of Lakdara Moli, which, as I said, I think is a fairly um, handy plus at the moment. I mean, we saw the improvement from Captain Burgley yesterday and um, and Piglet Signora was obviously a big win with, with Lakdara yeah. going on uh, for one of the seniors. So, I just think from a speed map point of view, Ward God probably lands just behind the speed here, down to 56 kilos. Um, he's not a fashionable horse, but I've marked him $7.50. So uh, currently around 20 bucks. I'm very happy having a Dutch bet for, for a similar result on, on War God and, uh, and Cocky Joy. Okay. Yeah, I didn't find War God, uh, but I don't think he's won 10 races. I don't think I've ever found him. So um, <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> so listeners, don't uh, don't be don't be scared off. But I don't think I've ever found him once. He's just one of those horses that's a bit of a mystery to me. But yeah, Kane Cocky Joy, that uh, Marjorie Charleston run was something else. I thought her run was superior to Cryptic Love and Platinum Bullet. Um, both those horses would, um, you know, Cryptic Love might be weighted out of this particular race, but they would, um, they would match up quite well in this particular in this in this event. Uh, Fifty-five kgs gets in almost bang on the seventy minimum from a ratings point of view. I, th- I like Joey Azapati going on after a, a stint with Lucy Warwick, especially from one. I like Terry. I wouldn't like to see her bustle too much to to hold the one one. If she can be three back. The fence in a rhythm, smoking the pipe. It's just going to be up to Joey as a party to find galloping room late to um, to be really hard to beat. Hard to knock creator. Uh, I thought that was a, that was a pretty good win and a deserved win for a for a back in form. Ganjimi brothers operation. He's going to be um, he's an obvious 
major player again, uh, only goes up the kilo for that win. Probably maps similarly from um, maybe maybe a pair further back from the from the draw, but um, he's one horse that has performed consistently since arriving in Western Australia. No real ups and downs, so you can you can trust him, I believe, and he's going to give his supporters a run for the money. But yeah, I kept coming back to Cocky Joy. I think this is a really really nice race for her. Would be surprised not that I think he can win or even run a place, but. Rock on Tommy's going to lead this, I reckon. The blinkers yeah, I reckon, on. Yeah, I, well, yeah. it's one of the aspects I didn't actually mention in regards to um, in regards to War God. I think War God can jump and muster a little bit better than Rock on. I think Rock on might have War God's back, and I think Rock on will be gone pretty early. Mm. Um, so I thought that would be sort of a good roadblock heading for horses like not to be a misposition of power who might be a little bit further back. But um, I do think you'll definitely see Rock on Tommy ridden a lot more aggressively after drawing um, Barrier 11 at his last two. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how fair income the the camp has been with Rock on Tommy from wide gates first two runs. I think they've been prep runs really. Low draw, blinkers on, uh, third up. I think they're going to have a crack on Saturday with Rock on Tommy and maybe go straight to the front. And, and what about Nelson? T- what about Nelson's fight? Yeah, he, he's his trial was good, wasn't it? Flirtini and and uh, Rock Magic were the two horses that beat him beat him home. Um, and he, and he held off Caracapo. Yeah. It's, very, it's just he, very hard to come at a horse first up 301 days at 1,400 metres. He's now an eight-year-old as well. But, I yeah. mean, his fresh runs last campaign were pretty good. Yeah, but he didn't go forward fresh last campaign. That was the, that was the thing that I noticed. But mm. he raced predominantly forward most of the time over the over the Belmont season and stretched Windstorm on one occasion. Mm-hmm. So his best is certainly good enough. He's um he's a bit of a uh, bit of an X Factor horse in this race. But um but yeah, all things being equal, a bit of bit of luck in running for Cocky Joy and I think this uh, Jimmy Grieve mare who just keeps stepping up to the plate. I think she's going to be really hard to beat. She's reinvented herself, hasn't she? She was really a thousand. Well, she couldn't even get the twelve hundred. That was the thing. Yeah. And now she's yeah. um now they've just reinvented her as sit off speed, um, let her relax, and she's running out nice strong fourteen, fifteen hundred. So it's um yeah, he does a does a good job with his little team, um, Jimmy Grief. Oh, one other I wanted to touch on as well was Sophie Song. Uh forget the last run, wet wet yeah. track, wide yeah. track, just never in the race. Some of those runs you don't need to watch it and go, oh, look how bad that went. It just just forget the Sophie Song went around. Prior effort was pretty good behind that's funny as prior it's at four deep. Uh, outside of Tycoon Storm, beating one length first up. So um, really good runs, and there's a big chance. See, she's another one that could uh, potentially lead the race, Sophie Song, but um, she also might be the horse giving Cocky Joy um, the card into it. And I think there's probably worse horses' backs to be on than Sophie Song because I think she gives a bit of a kick here. So, um, yeah, I've marked her nine bucks at 11. She's slightly above my price, but um, I'll just be playing the other pair and um, hoping I can break my um, – my my 80 78 start duck with war god bj <laughs> good luck terry good luck all right race eight is the diggers cup the big one of the day it's a one hundred thousand dollar quality handicap over 1800 meters and just for those people trying to wrap their head around the weights for this particular race it is a quality handicap which means that um, no horse can carry more than 62 kilos so if winks was in this race she would have 62 kilos so it's a 78 and up a 78 plus handicap 
but um, but uh, capped at 62 kilos, which is why you see Come Play With Me, a 107 Raider, and Trap for Fools, a 107 Raider. Um, they have 62, while a 93 Raider in Arctic Stream has 61.5. So that is just the, uh, the special conditions for this particular race. It was the same last year, and, um, and you see a few of them scattered through the WA Racing calendar. But if for those of you who were scratching your heads, that is the reason why the weights are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Very good explanation. And obviously it brings Trap for Fools uh, right into this from a waiting point of view. It's um, it's funny. I went and did all the weight comparisons from their last meetings, BJ. So I'll just quickly read them out. So that's funny as um, meets Mackenzie Brook, three and a half worse. Cockney Crew, three worse from their last meeting. Um, the big one is Trap for Fools meets Media Baron, seven and a half better and six better. And then from the um, Pinjara Cup, six better on its own. Uh, you go back a little bit further, Maricino, and that's funny as there's a four and a half kilo swing um, to Maricino on a day where their runs were almost identical, if you remember that race. Uh, back in February, yeah. Jason Whiting was on, got back wide, and uh, it was a day you wanted to be uh, on pace. And Maricino was one of the runs of the day. So, um, in a nutshell, Arctic Stream, Media Baron, and that's funny as are really uh, are really poorly in here in that sense. And I think straight away it gives me the feel that we've got to look around those three, BJ. Yeah, six and a half kilos. Um, so Traffic Fools and Come Play With Me should both have 68.5 in this mm-hmm. race. They get, 60, they get six and a half kilos off due to the conditions of the race. Yep. I think come play with me would probably need a little bit more off as well to be uh, to be completely competitive as well. Very hard to come back. Last The trials have been okay, um, but the horses behind um, come play with me in the trials haven't been. Uh, haven't, well, in that last trial, haven't been world beaters. So I, I'm definitely looking around, come play with me. Yeah, I think if, if he wins and that's just too good, Adam, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're a star, mate. You're just way – Adam and Mitchell, you've – It's one of those yeah. – it's one of those ones. If he does win, I think I'd cop it as well. Yeah, I, I don't want to be happy losing. I just say, um, yeah, well done. That's yeah. that's really good stuff. But I mean, look from a speed map point of view, the first question that probably needs to be asked is, does um, and I, I think it's a yes, but does Cockney Crew cross that's funny as BJ? I didn't think Cockney Crew would lead that's funny as the other day, so I was surprised that he led him uh, mm. over the mile. So I imagine that they're going to attack again, and and what. Dion Luciani and Brad Parnham can take out of that last start is that that's funny as doesn't have to lead to win. So yep. um, they they've got that they've got that uh, plan B in the back of their mind um, in case Cockney Crew Probably and Jay pop- want to go uh, want to go helter skelter. Yeah, they can pop out to the breeze or tag Cockney Crew for a bit and then yep. pop to the breeze when they feel right. But um, that probably leaves trap for fools because I've got that's funny as probably popping out to the breeze. Yep. I still think they'll want to ride that's funny as in the same manner and that's been without cover completely and pretty honestly run races. Um, so it should see trap for fools probably tuck in and getting a nice run behind the pair of them um, with, with the weight swings. I mean, on, on, on the surface, it should just be the trap for fools benefit in that sense. Cause you can sort of forget the last run on the wet track. I think with trap for fools, I was pretty keen that day. And um, I, I think I made a bit of a blue there. Cause I don't think he's proven, especially with the big weight on a soft seven, which I mean, talking to a few people could have been closer to a heavy eight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Apparently. So I think, I think I just made a bit of a blue there. You put a line through that run. Um, but the, the big query for me, BJ is traffic forces. I don't think um, has ever won a race uh, with cover. Uh, he's always been a, he's, it's a, he's a staunch, uh, get on pace um, and just run him along and beat him in, in that type of manner. Um, he's run in the um, he's run behind uh, media Baron in the grand in the, old in, in the old comrade. Sorry, not mm. the grandstand. That was deep. Um, in the old comrade was super when taking a sit. 
but you need to look at the fact that all the other runners, they were, they were held up or they weren't that crash hot. Or I mean, Misty Ladd knocked extremely leader in the breeze. It was a bit of a last, uh, last horse standing type job. So um, expect him to be there for a long way. But um, for me, look, I just think if Maricino, um can tag Trap for Fools, uh, I think Trap for Fools is a better racehorse. But I just think with with Pike in the saddle, if he can tag Trap for Fools with that seven kilo swing um, back to the 1800, which I actually think is a positive for Maricino. I, I think I think Marichino looks the one um, for W Pike, BJ. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I um, initially I was not in the Marachino camp for this particular race, and I um, I'm glad that I had another couple of looks at, at at the race and and the setup and the weights, and then it became pretty obvious that Marachino <laughs> Marachino was the horse to beat. He um, three starts ago ran second to Temptation, who went on to ran third in the Oaks and second in the WATC Derby, um, carried 59 and a half that day. And I think I mentioned it on previous podcasts, like he just got jammed up on in the on the fence that day and wasn't able to build any momentum. Uh, then he came to, stepped up to a 2,200 metres. It was quite a fast 2,200 metre race, uh, breezed for a fair portion of it and was too good for unreliable, um, outstayed unreliable on the day. Then he was too good for them, went heavily backed at Albany, in the Albany Cup. But I don't necessarily think he's a 2200, 2100-meter horse. I don't think that's his optimum. I really like the fact that he's got those two um, staying runs under his belt coming back to 1800 meters, in it, which which promises to be genuinely run. William Pike on board from a good draw with 55 kilos. He's just going to have He's going to have the three horses to beat in front of him. Pike is going to be able to rate Marachino. He's going to be able to land him exactly where he wants to be. I feel as though he's going to get the run of the race, going to get the last crack at him. We're probably going to, have to, probably going to see how tough Marachino is on Saturday because this is going to be a genuine 1,800 metres. Cockney crew his best. He's a tough bugger that we know how hard to beat. That's funny as is when he gets his nose in front and Chat for Fools is a, is a bulldog and is well-weighted. Well so they're going to take Marachino deep. We're going to find out a bit more to see what, what sort of horse this is on Saturday. But for me, everything looks set up for a Marachino victory. I'm, I'm quite confident as, as you are, Terry. Yes, I'm definitely uh, with you, BJ. It's a question of price though as well with Marachino. Um, I, as, as of... Uh, told you a few times I'll do my markets before reviewing the data, but Marichana really isn't a strong um, data runner. And, and the last couple of, of runs uh, look a length or two off the top liners and probably sort of three or four lengths off Cockney Crew's best, uh, yeah. to be blatantly honest. So usually when the data doesn't align um, in that sense, you can often see a little bit of a wobble uh, in the price. Um, I've got Marichino three bucks. Um, I, was, is, I was four dollars actually. Yeah, okay, which is yeah. probably as short as I could get with Marachino. Mm. So, it might be worth uh, holding off. Uh, I'm expecting pretty big trap for fools money with those weight swings I just um, I just mentioned. So, the three dollars eighty, even though I'm happy with that price, um, we might see um, we might see slightly better on the day. Okay. Okay, BJ, it is now time. For what I'm doing with WA, I'm the get out stakes. <laughs> S or not WA? Uh, S T E A K S. Uh, who is it brought to us by? Thanks, Terry. The extremely popular get out stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and his team 
very good operators out there in the Canningvale markets. They run the show. Um, drop in, say hello, let them know you listen, you tune in to the one one, and uh, Timmy will uh, will look after you. Congratulations to episode seventy two winner Mark Dicko Dixon. He was bang on the money with his zero point three zero length. Billy ain't silly prediction. Dicko races a few horses with um, quite a few yards, especially Steve Wolf. I think um, Dicko's actually got a share in Bragwell and his wife to be, uh, Amy. She has a she has a shareholder in Watch Me Dance, so it could be a big. Uh, well, it was a big weekend, obviously claiming the Get Out Stakes last week for Dicko, but it could be an even bigger one this week, Terry, with uh, Bragwell and. Watch me dance going around for the camp this Saturday at Ascot. But, yeah, the the real story, though, apologies to Dicko for his, uh, I think it's his second victory in the get-out stakes. The real story was uh, the runner-up, Terry. Yes. Jeez, uh, he's uh, turning into a bit of a um, street bandit before his 38th start, isn't he? <laughs> bit of a uh, little little bit of a little bit of a bridesmaid, old mate uh, Chrissy Nelson. He just, just can't jag it, can he? He cannot. So for context. He'd eat the 50 bucks in one sitting as well, looking at the pipes on him. D- Dicko Dixon, Mark Dicko Dixon, he was uh, he was 0.30 and that was the exact winning margin for Billy Ain't Silly. So our, our man Chris Nelson was 0.35 lengths. So he was 0.05 length off the exact margin and he's got, he's got pipped. And uh, he believes that he's been – Beaten in a conservative seven, eight, now nine photo finishes for the get out stakes. Oh, there's a, there's a bit of gravy on that, isn't there? Bit of mayo, but yeah, he's oh, um, dear man. he's he's uh, he's due, he's overdue, and uh, and um, you never know, could be could be your week this week, Chris Nelson. So keep mm. getting those entries in, and, and remember um, to get the two decimal places in, Terry. Very important that you get the two decimal places in when you lock your entry into the get out stakes. On Twitter, that's Race 9 at Ascot this Saturday. Who wins? Two decimal winning margins. And don't forget that all-important Sam White rule. First in, best dressed. Correct. Now, BJ, it, uh, it looks a um, an interesting end to the card. Um, Tin Snip will obviously be extremely popular. Um, and Tin Snip just sort of maps your winner and W Pike's your winner and awaits your winner. Pike uh, in the last. Pike in the last. Pike in the last. Just ticks, ticks all the boxes and it's uh, he's clearly come up on top for me. Uh, the one query I wanted to ask you is I thought CJP wrote him a treat last start. Did you feel uh, – I know he had the 61. Um, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't mind that he couldn't run down Billy Ain't Silly, but were you a little bit disappointed that um, Minnie Winnie could get past him? Mm. With, with the run he had, do you feel like there was – I don't know. Do you feel like that he just peaked a, a touch or? There was a high-pressure race. I didn't notice that the, this is the, – the track sort of trained off last towards the end of last Saturday. Those, the size and the the Billy Ain't Silly race were both 1,400-metre races. I think they ran 124 for both, which is odd on a um, fine day at Ascot. So he followed the rail throughout. I, I, I don't necessarily know – um, if that was the place to be. I thought Mini Winnie went exceptionally well, but perhaps it was just the high-pressure race, uh, 60, bit of give in the, in the track, and the 61 kilos just took its toll on Tin Snip late. And also maybe CJP just had to use him up a little bit more than what he has been early just to hold that forward position. Fast fast early speed might have just taken a bit of fuel out of the tank, just exposed him a touch late. I don't expect the the tempo to be as um, 
as hardcore in the in the get out on Saturday. And from two, Pikey's kind hands, Tin Snips is going to land in the sweet spot. And I'd be surprised if he gets rolled. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. Um, it was really hard to find. Well, I, I had no apology as, as a clear second to yeah. I think no apologies yep. racing super, um, but I, it was really hard to get anything close to tin snip in the market. I ended up, I ended up with tin snip at two dollars sixty five. So the three dollars or so is still a, it's still a, it's still a bet there. Um, I was for I was, me, I was three dollars. So yeah. Um, it's, yeah. That's as it's as long as you can really get him, isn't yep. it? I mean, even though, as I said, I would have liked to see him hit the line just maybe a touch better. But you, you're spot on with the fact that the track did train off, mm. um, and that inside pad was a slight query at that he point probably, in time. Also, Tinsip's probably ne- hasn't gone that fast early ever in his career. So, um, do they try? Are they going to try and be more conservative here? Though, is that a concern? Because this is a race that really lacks speed. Um, I, I I've got Gunner Go leading potentially here. Oh wow, BJ. Um, well, I look back at the trial uh, before his first up run and Jet Stanley, uh, who makes his debut actually on, on Sunday. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Where's Apparently Jet, where's Jet riding? Kalgoorlie? Uh, no, Binjara Scalpside. Oh, Scalpside. Okay. Cool. Yeah, no, he's got, a, he's got a little book there. It looks like he's got some nice rides too. So interesting. I've heard good things about it. He's son, definitely of, uh, son of Brent Stanley, who uh, was a Caulfield Cup winning jockey back in the day and now a uh, prominent trainer in Victoria. Good trivia. Mm. That's good. Arctic, Arctic something. I'll remember it. That was his Corfield okay. Cup winner. Can be a next next week's mastermind. Mm. Um, but I just struggled to find a leader here. Um, to me, it seems like the uh, the Wolf Camp wants to park my Greek boy where possible. Um, they don't seem overly keen to take up the lead because otherwise it would really make sense for my Greek boy to jump and run and. Remember back in the day, Mike Great Boy used to try and run them off their legs. Um, and with the 55 in a race devoid of speed, I, I feel like if they're going to try and pinch one with the old fella, this might be the the way to do so is just I to agree. go forward and run them along. But I agree. But I, I don't know. It's, to me, it looks like they want to park where possible, if that makes sense. Um, but um, that could have just been that he's running into races with um, with more speed, speed and yeah. hasn't really had that opportunity, I guess. Um, well, he was, he was, he was, he led early and then was crossed by that's funny as in Cockney crew last start. Yeah. So yeah. Is there's, this, there's um, no, there's, neither of those is in this race and there's nothing with that type of top end speed as well. So no, I think you no, can, exactly think right. you can hold the front without burning too much fuel, but unless something like a gonna go, or um, maybe uh, no apology, even notorious no one po- push roll forward. I think from the better gate, no apology. They'll be happy just racing him like a normal racehorse midfield cover. I think that normal racehorse. I think that'll be their thought process with mm. no apology. But yeah, I mean he's gone forward and led on a slack tempo in the past and won a race. Um, notorious one from Barrier Twelve. If they, I think they might just about say to Brad there. Um, if, if you jump well, do we look at going forward? Because, again, he's, he's led a race or breezed at least and won on a, on a Saturday at Ascot. So it, it's a map that I just found really, really sticky to do. But the one um, the one constant was the fact that Tin Snit should be parked right over the speed uh, and right on the speed's hammer, no matter what that speed is. And, um, yeah, you'd, you'd expect from there with potentially one of the better horses in the race that Pikey should um, should be able to lift him over the line. Um, just a little mention to a horse um, that I brought up last week, and I, I'm never I'm not going to catch him. I have no doubt I'm not going to catch him, but there is no chance in the world that I won't be having something on small late, and that's Trump this. Continually running last 200, last 200, last 200. If you go back to Trump this is um, just last three runs. So five ago, uh, three starts back, sorry, was five off him at the top of the turn. 
One by a length, beat home. Fangio, no apology. Horses in here that are far harder in the market. Um, two back was about 10 off him on the turn, lost by four. Last start was about nine off him on the turn, lost by four. He's always going to make up five lengths, but what Trump this needs is a race where they're bunching on the band or for whatever reason, you've got, you've got weak leaders that are coming back. It just needs a race where um, he's close enough and hasn't had to do um, too much work. And now you'd say, well, this race probably doesn't look to suit because there looks to be less speed in here, but that could actually be beneficial for Trump. There's a horse that struggles to tack on at times. If when they slow down and when they slacken Trump, this and Jade can find that you definitely want a three wide line coming around them and she can be close enough. It'll simply walk past them because it will run such a quicker, um, last final split than them. So I, I, I'm going to continue to follow Trump this BJ uh, throughout this campaign. And I'm sure it's going to be an extremely, extremely painful period <laughs> for me. Um, but I'm expecting it's 20 bucks at the moment. I'm expecting Trump. This will trade at 35 um, with his racing pattern. If, if the track's showing any signs of the middle being good or, or being uh, the better part of the going, which I doubt it will, uh, I'll probably, my, my confidence might increase a little bit, but um, I think Trump, this can, can run a little bit of a race here at a, uh, at a price. And if it's not this one, I'll probably be on the next start again. It is not a horse. I would back each way. You're uh, you just be, um, you just be dipping into some of your Amber Mamba winnings from yesterday, wouldn't you, Terry? Oh yeah, yeah. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I, was, I was telling you before. I was on. Uh, I was on first up because I actually backed uh, Amber Mamba last prep when winning fresh, yeah. and uh, I was under the impression because um, if you go back to the prior. Prep, it was a very good trial fresh, like a trial that would have won most maidens. So I waited for his fresh run next campaign where they didn't trial him and he came out and won at about 30s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was on first up at the big prices but had nothing on yesterday. But I'm not dirty about that because I never even considered backing him. We can't, um, if you start backing a horse every single start, that's when you're going to do your ass. So um, yeah, no, not dirty about it. But good on him to Billy Spencer. Good yes, win. well done. Something for the battler. So uh, yeah, tin snip for me looks to tick all the boxes. If he gets beat tomorrow, then I'd uh, rather on Saturday it would um, I'd imagine it would be either bad luck or um, or maybe doesn't back up off the seven days. I agree with Terry. No apology stands out as the main danger. I must say though, I feel as though Eurasia is really well placed, sliding down to the minimum fifty four kilos. Found him found himself in front, which I'm not sure he's led before either Eurasia, <clears throat> and was just a bit of a sitting duck. Boxed on. Box on pretty well under the circumstances. Ryan Hill is riding Steve Wolf's horses really, really it's well. Just about at the to moment. say he's barely ridden a loser in the in the blue he's, colours he, in the last yeah, couple of weeks. He's inspired in the uh, in the mm. Wolf colours at the moment. So from four, he's, why is why he, is McGrady not on Eurasia? I thought that would have been the number uh, one seed. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is maybe Shawnee's still getting his weight back down after a break. Um, that okay. that might be. That he might not be riding 54 on Saturday, his first first day back from uh, just about a month off. So that's that might be, or I might have just made that up. But that's all I can all I can assume because I would have thought Eurasia was the better ride. From mm, four, Eurasia is going to tuck in, going to get a really nice run. Just needs to begin well enough. Um, 54 kilos for the first time this prep, I believe, and I think he can give this a shake as well. But for me, 10 snip on top uh, should be winning. No apology, the hardest to beat, and I reckon Eurasia is going to give it a nudge. Yep, no, I like that. Uh, Tin snip definitely for me. I'm, I'm happy playing at three dollars plus for a reasonable crack, and uh, I'll be having something on Trump this late, BJ. We might even talk about Trump this in the next segment. Okay. Okay, BJ Ryan, uh, what is your best Betfair 
best betting proposition of the day. That's stuck pretty well, hasn't it? Best betting proposition since Cripper declared it yeah, with thanks, uh, Ka- Catherine, Catherine Wheel on about episode number three or four of the uh, the podcast. So it's uh, it's stayed the stayed the journey. It certainly has. My Betfair best betting proposition of the day. Tossing up between Pans Down and Captain Chaos. Just checked my markets and the the uh, the best value either of those two is Captain Chaos. Race five, number two, out to make it four straight. I marked him pretty sure. I think I was like 220, 225, something like that. He's currently 260 best available. Going to get every opportunity for Chris Parnham. Captain Chaos is my Betfair best. Very good. Uh, my Betfair best is going to be a Dutch, actually, BJ. Um, I'm really quite keen on the race seven play. For my card, the only ones that have really come up good substantial overs are in race seven, um, and it is the pair of them. So Cocky, Joy, and War God at five bucks and 20s, you can Dutch them for a, a, a pretty good result. Uh, so I'll be making them um, uh, the same result either way. Cocky, Joy, War God, Dutch, race seven. Okay. It's because it's such a thin old card um, in a lot of races, very challenging coming up with a with a Maddie, which is uh, 20 to 1, $21 plus at time of recording. So we've had to uh, sift through. What have you got, Guru? Uh, Trump this in the last. I uh, I do believe that Trump this will win more races the way that um, the way he's finishing off races at the moment. It's 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 quite incredible. I mean, even last start, I think he wasn't suited because they went seven lengths uh, quicker than bench. That was in that uh, Chrissy Gray and Reverend John race. So he's out the back, run off his legs up to the eighteen hundred as well, which I don't think it was suitable. But still ran the quickest last two in a race shape which didn't um, completely uh, suit. Being the last of the day, if the inside pads worn a bit, if the leaders, because we did say there's questionable leaders, we're not sure who's going to be up on top. If they're folding and they're compacting on the bend, and if Jade's within five lengths of them and wide at the top of the straight, it will go past them. There's a lot of ifs and buts. That's why we'll probably shop at 30 bucks late. And that's why you do not back it each way. It either wins or it's uh, it's another, uh, it's another flashing lights run. Okay. So I don't know if mine is mad or whether it's bonkers, but um, same race, the get out race nine. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pray for Riley dot Morgan here and lock in number 11 rogues point. I Oof. think if you ignore that last start, that $46 best available at the moment is uh, is over, especially from gate one. JT Warwick, Lucy Warwick, uh, 54 kilos. Bit of a uh, Chrissy Nelson, this horse, a bit of a nonny. However, um, <laughs> that's good. Uh, however, uh, at the price, $46, that is, um, that is quite significant considering I think he was an $8, $8.50 chance in um, against some of these horses in Graduation Handicap Company last start. So gate one, Warwick combination, Riley Dot Morgan, what more could you want? $46, my Maddie, Rogue's Point in the get-out stakes. That, that is a little bit rogue, BJ. Mm. Man, that is a bit rogue. And I, I reckon, like I reckon we might be uh, aligned with our um, Terry's take on our uh, lay oh. of the day. Yeah, I don't think we are. I've got a it's I've got a fairly lengthy record, I think, since the lay's got up. So I'm have you changed I, tact? I, 
Yeah, well, I, you're thinking I'm going to go with race one cross swords, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. No, I, I still think cross swords has the ability to brain them. That's the thing. I'm worried about a steel casey move, money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, not to be missed for me. It, it's not as exciting. It's mm. around four bucks, but I've marked not to be missed fifteen bucks. I've got cross swords three forty, so three forty to two twenty, fifteen to the four bucks. Um, that's just far, far, far more over my price, and uh, I'll be surprised if um, not to be missed. Actually, I'll, I'll go not to be missed place. So dollar seventy, dollar eighty. Um, not to be missed to run a hole. Place lay. Uh, should be three dollars fifty to run a hole. I reckon. So um, okay. very happy laying at the dollar seventy. Uh, my lay, my bet fair lay. Race one, number four, cross swords. It can win, but two dollars twenty, two dollars fifteen. Yeah. Um, with everything against Please. it, um, yeah, it can. Uh, I'm happy to to take on cross swords in the opening event of the card. Tell you what, that will be the training uh, effort of the year just about, even though it's a very poor and weak maiden to get a horse. With so many, there's so many aspects as we touched on earlier, um, up would be. So if, yeah, yeah, if Cross Swords incredible. wins, Blackwater Bay wins and Come Play With Me wins and uh, there's, a, there's a fair bit going on on Diggers Cup Day, that's for sure. I'd say, I'd say it's been a tough day for punters. For us too, at least, it's been a tough day. So, yeah, yeah dearie me. Anyway, BJ, that brings us uh, to the end of a uh, another edition of the 1-1. One, one.